you know, the, the funny thing is, like, right where we're going is is the first thing that you want out of your mouth is, is like, there's got to be a law. There right? is. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Damn it. There's, somebody's got to make a law. So we don't need new laws enacted. We no. just need to be able to blow people up. Well, <laughs> you know, that's putting it simply, but yeah. <laughs> The Great Dive Podcast is hosted by your buddies, James and Brando. Welcome back to the Great Time Podcast, people. Okay, so back to Zamulis. It's 1975. People are pissed at this law, and the fight back has begun. So April 1975, the Skin Diver editorial is fight back. The divers of Los Angeles County are hopping mad, he says, and understandably so. They have stood by helplessly while their freedom to dive evaporated almost overnight. They watched with disbelief as sensationalistic newspaper stories unjustly branded their beloved sport as, quote, unsafe and out of control. Not much unlike smartphone use on the highways. Well, hold on. Now, this is this is exactly opposite of smartphone use. Wait, wait, <laughs> no, wait, no. There, there's a place where there's real statistics that are actually impacting every, every Unsafe day, Unsafe and out of control, they were saying. I would say that's exactly where we're at. Here, here's the other thing. So you got this politician introducing this law that's really dictatorial, irrelevant to the everyday man. And unnecessary, and yet he suffers no consequences when it doesn't. Even even if it passes or doesn't pass, there's no consequences for the man, right? He can basically, I'll just start introducing whatever laws that, you know, I'm I'm like me. If I were a politician right now, I'd be introducing, you know, I'd be going, oh, I, I'd be going after these drivers. You don't think it affects this guy that uh, that, that tried to pass this law in California? No, I I would hope people would show up at his door. They're there. They're outside the door. Margaret, Margaret, they're there again. They're parked right in front of the mailbox, walking to the beach. <laughs> Remember what was his name? Cy, Cy Grebin? Was it Cy? Seymour Grebin? Seymour. That's Seymour it, Grebin. Yeah. I think they call him Cy. Cy? I think he goes by Cy, but Seymour Grebin, yeah. Cy. Margaret. Most Cy's are pretty cool. This one wasn't. So, um, 
And they were dumbstruck when a poorly informed, totally insensitive government machine railroaded through a hodgepodge of unrealistic, costly regulations in an almost dictatorial fashion. Just like you just said. See? Sport diving is one of the few leisure time activities that is well organized with a self-regulating program for training and certification. The safety record has grown better over the past four years, not worse. According to John Hardy, general manager of NAWI, a study of the records from 1970 to 1973 shows that the number of trained divers has increased by 137%, while the number of fatalities has only gone up 4%. There you go. How do they get the percent? Because, oh, is it, is it per cent? Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Is it per the total amount of certified divers? Well, yeah, I think they're looking at, uh, you know, from 70 to 73, you know, there was X amount of... But that's of still misleading X because it of... doesn't say how much diving they're doing. Yeah, and that's oh, oh, really agree. what you need yeah, is your yeah. total pool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How I, many dives are... I, I, I think we've learned that in the 50 years since this, but but yes, I, I, I agree with you there. Well, I hope so because I'm right. I rate over this government encroachment upon their personal liberties. Many divers are boycotting L.A. County waters, driving long distances to Santa Barbara or San Diego for their weekend diving excursions. One old-time diver vowed, I'd rather drive all the way to Mexico than submit to this county recertification nonsense. All the way to Mexico. You'd All the way to Mexico. 85 miles to Mexico. <laughs> Meanwhile, well, old Jamesy and Brando drive 130 <laughs> to Corey whenever we want to. Well, keep in mind, this is a time in you know Southern California. You know, They didn't have the major interstates. I don't think we're, we're think quite they there. They, they had one. highways, but they... They had they, fucking they, Highway 1, didn't they? Well, Highway 1 is not, is not a... That's not a fast-moving interstate. No, it's you a know, beautiful you know. interstate. Oh, it, it is beautiful, but it's a slow, windy road. And you could get all peace-minded, and and you wouldn't be like me if I had a highway one in my life. Oh, forget about it. Unless you got these fucking phone people on my highway one. One in which, in which well, I would, well, highway one hundred one is, is, is yeah. If, if you if you are on your phone on highway one hundred one while yeah. you're driving, you. Just wrote a death sentence. You, it's impossible to do. Are you kidding oh, me? Oh, well, there's way too much. Holy yeah. well, moly. I know, Callie. You're going right off the cliff into the ocean. But but look what people are doing. I mean, I mean, look look how much like us, even even the regulation that we have to go to at some training locations versus others, which, which gets in the way of where you decide to go, right? Uh, I'll make this extra drive or I'll, I'll put up with this other BS. Uh, or not as good a visibility, or a bigger crowd, just because, like, I, I don't want to go through the whole, you know, fingerprinting process at Quarry X yeah. versus Quarry Y, when it's it's so much easier just to get in, get the job done at one place over another, let alone what these guys now had to do just to get in the water. The, the majority of divers are upset, disgusted, and unsure of what to do next. They are secretly hoping someone or some organization is going to magically appear and rectify this great injustice, which has been done by the county government. The truth of the matter is there is no savior, no special organization, Paul writes. He's telling the people that, hey, if you don't want this, we're going to have to do it ourselves. Let's face it. The only one who can help get us out of this mess is you, Brando. 
the individual <laughs> driver. Well, you in trouble, we bitch. Need you. We need you. We need you, man. Politicians and government officials can remain immovable and indifferent to almost everything except the will of the people. It's time for you to make your sentiments known. It's time for you to stand up and be counted. A chorus of protests from the diving public may be this sport's only salvation. How do you do it, he says? Very simple. Sit down today and write a letter to the county board of supervisors, the men who actually made the scuba ordinance a law. State clearly your personal reaction to this new law and your arguments as to why you feel the law is unjust, unrealistic, unworkable, ineffective, or whatever you think. Address your comments to Honorable James A. Hayes, Chairman, Board of Supervisors, Hall of Administration, Room 822500 West Temple Street, Los Angeles, California, 90012. Tell them exactly how you feel about this law. Demand it be repealed until further study and request a reply to your letter. If it could make all the difference in the world, government must respond to will and sentiment of its people. Back then they did. You don't think today we could? Uh, no. We could We could make a demand of saying, hey, listen, you're going to get right up in my business about every damn thing, mm-hmm. but... You're not going to make a bigger deal about uh, no. this jackass on his on his phone. No, the will of the people is controlled a lot uh, more tightly by the will of the media, which happens Ooh. to be in bed with your fucking politicians. Ooh, we're getting there. Don't uh, don't give Paulie away yet. Well, that was a, we had a little more free press back then. Uh, the press nowadays is completely fucking owned. Well, yeah, agreed, agreed. And uh, and uh, and a magazine like this, you know, was a bunch of scuba dudes just. Yeah. You know, living life and, and wanting to be free to enjoy the underwater world. There was free press, and you would get both sides of the story. You do not ever get both sides of the story in the press. No, it's, it seems like today, you it's know. Very biased. It seems like the. It's, it's opinion. Nowadays, the press has been given the news to read. Yeah. <laughs> it's been handed. Not only that, this is, but uh, they're also told what, uh, to have an emotion in it. Right. And there's. I'm up in arms about this next story. Oh, and then he did this. And he, and I say we... I'm like, this is supposed to be a news story. You're supposed to be reading it objectively. Oh, you mean... To the people. You mean it's propaganda? Pooh. I didn't say it. There will be many more occasions in the future. At this very moment, other counties in Southern California are considering restrictive diving legislation, similar to Los Angeles. The sport of diving may very well be fighting for its very survival during the next two years. This is why it is so important for you to become personally involved. If you really care about diving, put it down in words. Write that protest letter today. The battle has begun. This is like Paul Revere. Right. It's like the it British is. Are it is. This is, uh, you know, there, there was never like a good diving protest song that's what, that's what diving needed where was old gord if something happened in here, here. <laughs> what it is ain't exactly clear we got a man Grab in scuba <laughs> over there <laughs> we got a man with his scuba gear but you did mention right that this sounds like paul revere and next month in may of 1975 paul's editorial was 
Diving's new Minutemen. If there is one good thing that could be said for the L.A. County Ordinance, he starts off, it's that it has sparked a movement to bring the sport of diving together. Prior to the passage of this law, most divers in the U.S. doubted such a thing could ever happen. But Supervisor Kenneth Hahn and the county government machinery was a power to be reckoned with. Although it seemed almost inconceivable, government regulations were proposed and passed swiftly, leaving most divers stunned by the shocking reality of politics. The county diving ordinance proved beyond a doubt that sport diving is vulnerable to attack and that government control is not only possible, but now a rock-hard reality. The ordinance was indeed a costly lesson, for it pointed out glaring deficiencies in the structure of our sport. Although the majority of divers was opposed to this regulation, they were fragmented into groups which voiced different arguments and diverse points of view. More frightening than the law itself was a new wave of government interest sparked by the passage of the ordinance. At least a dozen other legislative bills were put into preparation, many of them simulating the controls established by the L.A. County government. Yeah, we need to do something similar. Yeah, we what need LA to do is something because yeah, yeah. they're making this much money on their fucking new new uh, fines and taxes, and and a new bringing all kinds of uh, of revenue as they would be calling it. But us divers, right? Um, much like old uh, Paul Revere and the the Minutemen back in the early days of of the good old U.S. of A. saw to the streets. Took up arms, and instead of muskets, we got spear guns. Man. They took up dive spear knives guns. and spear guns. Exactly <laughs> where I'm going. In the face of the growing adversity, a new breed of freedom fighter has emerged. You might well describe these people as diving's new Minutemen, for they have responded to the challenge on a volunteer basis, giving freely of their personal time and talents to defend our sport, much like our colonial forefathers. These people have organized themselves out of necessity, devising their own methods and arguments for fighting the growing wave of legislative interest. It's guerrilla scuba warfare. Right, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, in, in these days when uh, old uh, Paul Revere was hitting to the streets, we had people like Harry Shanks. Admi- <laughs> <laughs> old Harry Shanks. That's his nickname. I, I tried to keep it. I, I tried to just go on. But you can't Why do, do they call you Harry Shanks? <laughs> Have you seen my shanks? <laughs> uh, Harry Shanks, administrative director of the Underwater Society of America. John Hardy, the new general manager of NAWI at the time. Uh, Ralph Shamlian, president of Farallon Industries, uh, who was the newly appointed uh, chairman of DEMA. Uh, John Gaffney, director of NASDS. Um, Nick Eichhorn, the general manager of Patty, Ken Brock, national scuba commissioner for the YMCA. All these guys at the time got together and put together a what they called a cohesive fighting unit to combat this legislation, which later became the formation of the National Scuba Training Council, which today, Sorry, I, I believe, uh, you know, 
yeah, morphed into the RSTC, RSTC. the Recreational mm-hmm. Scuba Training Council. Uh, but at the time, it was made up of the four National Diver Training Certification Associations, PADI, NAWI, YMCA, and NASDS. And did they have any manufacturers in there? Besides Fer- uh, the Farallon guy. The, the Farallon guy was in there. that just goes to show you how big Farallon was back then, and it's gone now. I mean, did they get swallowed up? What happened yeah, to Yeah, with uh, AUP, you know, uh, Farallon became, you know, uh, oceanic, essentially. Oh, yeah, I do remember that now. Good. At last, something is happening, and although it is just a start, there is a clear evidence that the diving community is finally developing strong unity. There is no question that you'll be hearing more about the National Scuba Advisory Committee in months to come. Next month, June of 75. Bam. People power. We're not done here, Raise your fists. (laughs) Right? Credence Clearwater revivals on the radio. Skin Diver Magazine's April issue carried the editorial Fight Back. It urged every single diver to carefully read over all of the fine print in the Los Angeles County Diving Ordinance and then address their letter of comment to the County Board of Supervisors. By early this spring, it had become increasingly obvious that the job of fighting government control and restrictive legislation could only be done effectively by you, Brando Schwartz, (laughs) by you, the diving public. We are happy to report that divers did accept this challenge, and letters have been pouring into the County Board of Supervisors mailbox by the hundreds. This mail, direct from you, has made a considerable impression upon the Board of Supervisors and the staff of the County Department of Parks and Recreation. In fact, they have let it be known they were astonished by such broad-based consumer reaction. Grassroots, people. That's what we got to do. We got to organize, get together, and fight the power. Fight the power. But now a new voice has entered the debating arena. You, the diving public, have made your feelings and opinions publicly known. Your letters to the County Board of Supervisors have accomplished more good for the sport of diving than all of the rhetoric which has been voiced over the last six months. Um, so Paul kind of goes on to to talk about all the stuff that's going on and where the letters are going. And he closes out the editorial in June by saying that the only thing jeopardizing the freedoms of this sport is the inactivity and the complacency of the people in it. If you want diving to remain enjoyable, you've got to get involved. I I think what he's saying is he's not putting the blame on us, but he's saying, listen, people, either we're going to live with it because they, right, have have enacted this, or us, like what you just said, it's us against them. Either we can fight back or we can live with it. It's up to us. And right now we're living with it. But as as witnessed by what's happened over the last couple of months, the people were saying, No, man, hell no. Hell no. We're uh, we're uh, we're running with it. And he says, if you want diving to remain enjoyable, you've got to get involved. Don't just sit there moaning about government restrictions. Do something about it right today. You could today. You could write. You could write to the fucking cows come home, and they would just go, "Yeah, that's funny." <laughs> well, it's it sure seems that way. Like like nowadays, it is that? I mean, way. The, the the funny thing is, so here in, in seventy five, I mean, he's able to go. 
right to yeah. honorable, you know, what's yeah. his face? Yeah. Here's the address. Here's his room number. Here's the here's the suite. Well, they're doing the that shit, but like, it doesn't matter. Like today, you, you might, you might, with a lot of looking, find an email address. Oh, no, they're doxing. I mean, you, you have people on the inside on one party trying to do damage to the other party by doxing, by putting their, their personal private information out. Oh, right, right, right. July 1975, the turning point. A recent meeting between Los Angeles County officials and the National Scuba Advisory Committee could very well go down in history as another milestone in the evolution of sport diving. Unlike the previous emotion-charged hearings, this conference was conducted in a professional, factual manner. For the first time, there appeared to be constructive dialogue between the county government and the leaders of diving. Supervisor Kenneth Hahn, host for the conference, made it clear that the intent of the new diving law was not to harm the sport in any way, but instead to protect the innocent non-diving public from the possibility of unsafe scuba training. You lying is that, is that fucker. Not, right, you is, lying is little that fucker. government all the way? Yeah. Like, like, hey, we're not here. We're just here to protect you from yourselves. Selves, right. So whenever they say this, oh, we're, you know, for the safety of the people, translate it for the Money growth of, the of my wallet. For the growth of my portfolio, I'm enacting this new law. <laughs> Not insensitive to the problems created by the diving ordinance, Parks and Recreation Department officials expressed sincere concern over the apparent damage being caused to the diving industry. An avalanche of complaint letters from irate divers and people within the diving business had not gone unnoticed. Would I be classified oh, uh, as an irate diver? They go, they go, uh, they, they show. We have these letters from all these irate divers. And there's a, just a picture of Brando like, on the top. Of it, if you like, go to, <laughs> to Webster's and it says irate diver, it's just a picture of me next. To Right. Morale among scuba instructors in the L.A. area is equally poor. They are caught in the middle, forced to comply with the forthcoming regulations, but not liking it one bit. There is much confusion and bitterness over the new procedures and the reluctance by many scuba instructors to participate in the emergency recertification program. Many instructors may stop teaching because of this. I mean, like, like think about that. Yeah. I mean, here you are, you're an instructor. It's, it's summer, right? And uh, you've got classes lined up all summer long. You've you, you got all these open waters you're going to try to do first weekend of every month through June, July, August. And now you're screwed. Well, like, there are two uh, things you I would gotta, do. I got to go through all this we're, crap. We're going in order to go away from here, from L.A., and we'll go someplace else. Yeah. Or I'm going to pass the cost on to you. The consumer. Eventually, that's what people uh, got to realize. Is when what, they do happens, this shit, yeah. it always... It's one of those two things, yeah. Gets passed either, to the consumer. Either the dives go up in price, the certification goes up in price, and it's going to happen. Or in this case, what, what was happening, Even the instructors, travel, instructors were yeah. not coming to L.A. County to do the right, instruction. They're going somewhere they're else. They're going somewhere else, which me means those, loss of business. those dive boats were sitting there with nobody to go out to Catalina. Uh, nobody to get fills up get at the, the lunches, restaurants. Don't get the lunches. Yeah, you exactly. Know, all that stuff. It, it's, it's a... Everybody's got to realize we all work in this thing together. When the government says they're going to do something for us, like oh, I, I keep saying, leave me alone. 
they're basically saying we're going to take money from you. But people are like, oh, but they're going to give it to something. You know, for example, they want this one politician yeah, given free gonna... college. There's no free college. There's no free college. <laughs> no, it costs somebody somewhere. Do you think the professors are going to work for nothing? Right. No, no. They're used to being driven around in Mercedes and big houses. And now they're going to say, oh, no, we'll give it away. We'll give it away for free. No, they're not. They're not going to see a blip on their radar. And just like this, they You're were going to decide, a blip on yours. we're going to take your money and we're going to decide who we give your money to. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Well, it'll, I hear you, man. It's, I hear it's you. our money to spend is how they look at it. That is, I think, at the root of where I get so mad is it's not your money. It's our money. Worst of all, the diving public is infuriated by the new law. They regard the ordinance as a personal insult upon their intelligence and capabilities as qualified divers. Is Paul rightness? Yes. That's exactly. I, every time they open their mouth, I regard what comes out of their fucking mouths. As a personal insult. As a personal yeah. insult. I'm like, go away. They feel cheated out of the money, time, and effort taken to become trained and certified in the first place. All of this training has been made invalid by government decree. It is possible the ordinance may end up having a reverse effect on the diving public and may contribute towards increased delinquency among <laughs> Los Angeles divers. Wait, you mean a way to piss people off and make them do something anyway is to tell them don't do it? This part of human nature makes me happy inside. Right. I like it. I mean, that was that was me growing up. Like, yeah, you're gonna give me a rule. Oh, oh, don't tell me I Fuck can't that do rule. something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> you can guarantee I'm gonna go. Out That's and do it. human nature, man. <laughs> right. Yeah. You can tell me I shouldn't. You can tell me it's a bad idea. Explain. Yeah. You can explain to me all the the yeah. bad side effects that it could, and I'll and I'll probably listen to you. Right. You look at me and say, you can't, you can't do, do this. Right. Well, I learned oh. that. I learned that like when my kids were okay, like six sure. months old. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. On the other hand. The ordinance has produced several interesting and beneficial effects in the diving industry as a whole. Its very existence has awakened divers to the vulnerability of their sport. Restrictive legislation and government control is no longer a fantasy. It's a fact of life. The diving industry has come to realize there is a crucial need for voluntary self-controls, and they are taking the steps to clean house. The ordinance has motivated them to form that National Scuba Training Council that we were just talking about, and they are hard at work developing realistic training and certification standards. So they started to put together mm. this need, okay, we need some sort of a, a, basic a an agreement in ethics yeah. of, of diving, and we can't have these basically slaughterhouses of, of, of people just pushing people through at, at the lowest common denominator. And yet, and yet we do. Well, at the... <laughs> Well, let alone, you know, what, what again, morphed down the road. But right. what they were trying to do was fix what was happening at the time, right? I'm curious how bad the training was back then. I, I find well, it hard well, to remember believe it was, worse there, than was what we have. there was a big problem in the, the L.A. area at those high schools. There was that oh, big high school okay, problem. Okay. We talked about that okay. a little bit before, right? Um, and and they, they brought that up. And... According to uh, uh, Paul here, he says, you know, he actually mentioned it. The problem of poor high school, the problem of poor scuba training in the L.A. area high schools has been completely cleaned up long before the ordinance became law. Um, He mentions the ordinance has also helped to accelerate funding and expanding efforts in the new area of diving accident investigation. 
new approaches to the problem are currently being developed. A way must be found for accurately comparing the number of diving accidents against the number of actual dives made in the LA area in order to determine just how safe or unsafe diving really is. Deeper probing will also be made into the basic causes of such accidents and how divers can avoid such situations in the future. So they're starting to realize that, Hmm. okay, maybe we did have it too free for a while and there were problems that we were ignoring and we're just hoping we were going to eventually go away. The government came in to try to take care of everything and... That definitely isn't the answer. We're going to have to be smarter about this ourselves and take care of it. Let's hope the L.A. County Board of Supervisors sees the wisdom in repealing County Ordinance Number 11037. It has already accomplished the tasks it was originally designed for. The diving industry has paid dearly for this lesson, and there's no need to prolong the punishment. Next month, August 1975, Editorial, Skin Diver Magazine, Convincing arguments for repeal. So they're making some ground here. So concerned over the growing turmoil and apparent injury to the sport diving caused by passage of scuba diving ordinance, Cy Grebin, director of the L.A. County Parks and Rec Department, has requested a full report on the effects and problems currently surrounding this piece of legislation. As a result, John Hardy, a key member of the National Scuba Advisory Committee, has compiled a new document entitled Report Justifying Repeal of the L.A. County Diving Ordinance. Uh, So we remember from, uh, you know, last time in that BARDA article, you know, he talked about um, the L.A. Times quoting Seymour Grebin as saying that research has indicated that the vast majority of scuba diving deaths and accidents are caused by inadequate training and faulty equipment. Remember that guy? Yes. So, taking time off from his duties as Naui general manager, Hardy devoted over 200 hours during a two-month period to the compilation and organization of this special document. The result is a condensed report of 21 pages with 300 pages of substantiating references. Still another 300 pages of reports and materials have been submitted directly to department officials from the diving equipment manufacturers and other sources. Grebin's initial request has resulted in a total of 621 pages of documentation, the largest and most complete argument for self-regulation ever assembled in the history of diving. Boom. You want some info? Boom. So Hardy just retaliated to old Grebin with 600 pages of reasons. Of actual facts. Of why we don't need your stupid Parks and Rec Department telling us us what the hell to do and how to dive. Boom. Look. Here's all my reasons why you're an idiot. We can be just as bureaucratic and ridiculous as you, except ours are facts. Divided into five major parts, the Hardy Report deals with such problems as effects on the diving community, questions concerning legislation, specific areas of concern, recommendations for action, and conclusions. It covers everything from present disenchantment of scuba instructors to future predictions of bankruptcies. 
He mentions that uh, one of the worst side effects of the county diving ordinance is the complete loss of public confidence. Concerned families will not permit their children to enroll in scuba training programs, even county-sponsored classes. Certified divers are reluctant to go out on dive boats, and no one seems interested in taking up the sport. Enrollment and certification figures are way down. The enrollment in classes is yeah. is falling, and one of the major training agencies it's at the time out. was L.A. County, yeah. you know, L.A. County was the, what one of those original diving programs. Yeah, yeah, they was, were yeah. they were the original ones. Yeah, so we so even going right there, Paul mentions that it's almost seems ironical that this county Iron- spot ironical. He says ironical. ironical. It almost seems ironical that this county sponsored ordinance has resulted in the virtual destruction of the county diver training program a program in which the county has invested 20 years of hard work and hundreds of thousands of dollars for development. Somebody made but, some money. <laughs> yeah, and, and now they're uh, making this law, which is totally sandbagging yeah. the last 20 years of work <laughs> that they've been doing. So, so you know that there's somebody across the hall at, at City Hall going, what the hell are you doing to me? Yes. One of the stickiest questions to surface in the Hardy Report is whether or not the county can afford the heavy administration expense of the ordinance. The task has turned out to be far greater expense than originally anticipated. Right, So all the new people that we need to hire, all the peace officers and, and ticket givers and all these people coming in to, to monitor the beaches. And filers, how, paper shit, filers. How, right, how you got to keep files of all How are we going to control man. all this stuff? Yeah. Added to this administration dilemma is the question of enforcement. Existing police and court systems are already overburdened with far more serious crimes than a bunch of scuba divers who don't have a proper... The O-ring uh, on your LP inflator hose was down. That'll be $500. And six months served. Six Time months served. served. Um, all, but uh, one of the things that uh, was actually happening, too, is that although... It took this encroachment by the government coming in. Um, it was something that did start getting all these divers, dive shops, instructors, United. stores, mm-hmm. boats that were all doing their own thing to start to work together. Yeah, it is us against them. It's good they realize it's, that. It is good, right? Because more people need to realize, yes, it is us against them. And we're always going to be an us and they're always going to be you them. Better rest assured, they will always be them. We pray that the county of Los Angeles sees the wisdom in repealing ordinance number 11037. We also pray that the diving industry follows through on its promise of tighter self government, should we be so fortunate to get this diving ordinance repealed. It's all these prayers. He's bringing God into the picture. God does not care about your scuba diving. <laughs> How can he? He's busy. busy. He's busy making sure, you know, uh, the the baseball player hits a home run on this (laughs) next pitch. (laughs) Tim Tebow is getting a touchdown. (laughs) The year 1975 will no doubt go down in diving history as one of the great milestones for diver training. It has been a year for prices and a year for change, partly out of necessity and partly out of the natural process of evolution. A year for prices? Yes. A year for prices. Okay. The concepts 
and the techniques for diver training are changing rapidly and hardly resemble the type of training which was conducted in the late 50s and 60s. So this is out of September 1975. Changing times for diver training editorial. The answer to these burgeoning problems is as clear as the handwriting on the wall. Today's scuba instructors must change and improve their training methods in order to cope with the changing complexity of our sport. Diving is a big business now, and the commercial aspect represents increasing pressure for accelerated training, larger classes, and larger dive boats. The nature of today's scuba student is also changing. The newcomers seem to be lacking the watermanship and swimming experience of the previous generation. Obviously, we must organize our diver training techniques differently in order to cope with the new problems. Will Paul be rolling in his grave if you can look yeah. at the uh, swimmanship <laughs> of divers, <laughs> divers today. today? Yeah, yeah. So, oh, you don't need it. <laughs> they are even toting it as you don't need to know how to swim, right? Well, so somewhere something went askew. <laughs> yeah, right. Which I'd like to uh, take this. I'd like to take this time to make a statement that bring back <laughs> L.A. County <laughs> Orchids one one zero three seven, but. I think where he was going with with this at the time is, yeah, diving is really starting to grow. It was getting out of hand. We weren't paying attention to some of the things. And uh, now the, 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 the community is coming together to try to take care of this themselves. And uh, we needed an overhaul. Times were changing. Uh, technology was changing. Uh, this is the time where, you know, not quite the digital classroom of today, but more professional Books were coming in to, right, to use, right, yeah. um, you know, a, a slideshow of, of, of graphics going the, along with a, oh, a, yeah. a, a presentation of, he, of a scuba class was coming into the mix. If you walked in in 1975 with PowerPoint, they would be floored. They would be like, oh, my God, this is insane. And you're like, everybody can do it. Fourth graders are doing it. <laughs> right. I mean... Uh, but back in these days, oh, yeah, it wasn't yeah. necessarily a PowerPoint. It was an actual slide it was a slide, show. It was a slide project. <laughs> it was a real <laughs> slideshow with the PowerPoint space on. Yeah, right. Which was pretty good. I mean, um, the bulb burned out. <laughs> Hang on. I remember those half slides. an hour to yeah. change the bulb. Yeah, and yeah. well, and then they they actually got it to where they were doing like the cellophane overheads, like you would see. In yeah, the overhead projectors. Yeah, the yep. overhead. Oh yeah. That's what I had. That's what I started with. You had to buy those damn slides. You had to buy the the literally the carousel slides, man. Well, I didn't have a carousel. I was I had the big slide that went on an overhead projector, so it was just a a light table, you know that. Oh yeah, yeah. That does the ninety degree projection onto the screen. You know what? Yeah, that's overhead projector. Yeah, yeah. yeah, It's no, it wasn't a carousel. It was just the 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 slides, the cellophane type slides, and you know what I'm. Looking at yes, me like, I know, oh, no, okay. I know exactly what you're talking but about. But he had to buy those. I'm like, they fucking, I could make these, man. You can print them up, you know, but they Government, get you. Yeah, That's well, how they, they get you. They got you. They got me for thousands of dollars. The See, the, the, the government wanted to get the money, and then the agencies, said, then the agencies were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We That's can our take, money, we bitch. Take this <laughs> take my money. We'll be the rapers. <laughs> we'll be the rapists. <laughs> 
government bureaucrats. We're more rapier than you. <laughs> government bureaucrats, lawmakers, and accident researchers are breathing down our necks hot and heavy. It is as though the entire diver education system has suddenly been placed under a microscope, and we are being closely scrutinized for flaws and weaknesses in our training methods. These people are demanding improvements, and they are absolutely serious about the possible consequences. So they realized it was time, right? And uh, he says that uh, changes in basic scuba training methods are only the beginning. There must also be a closer supervision both on dive boats and during open water training sessions. Instructor-student ratios must be reduced to a safer and more realistic number. The good old days of one instructor for 15 students is no longer acceptable. Let's make it one for 12. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you are such a cynic, aren't you? I just want to, I'm a real life person who's actually taught and I want to know, let me ask you, here's a personal question. Maybe if if you don't want to answer it, I get it because you're very, you're in the world out there being, having to be politically correct. I'm not. 12? You, well, you know what my classes look like. So I want you to tell what would you say is a is a reasonable amount of students for one instructor to have to teach a safe and well taught class. Three, in, in your humble opinion, three to six, three to six. Yeah. Why would you? I would say three would be the max. Three is that's three's ideal. Yeah, I'm yeah. a very conservative when it comes to like well uh, okay, doing well, that stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm I mean, extremely I mean an open, conservative like in an open water. Setting, yeah, I mean, uh, three, uh, like a team of three in the water, I, I get, you know, uh, uh, two. Let me ask like how you can control six, get... even. If you have a problem with one and you've got to go up immediately, how do you control six? How do you control the other five? Well, and, uh, I can see the one yeah, yeah, who's yeah, yeah. the two buddies. Well, they're going to go up together with you. You've got four other divers down there. Now, if you just, in a team of three, you can take all three up. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I yeah. see what you're saying. And I guess I'm thinking different levels of classes right now in my Well, head. yeah, I'm so always looking the, at the worst at case the scenario yes, the because very, you have to have a cross-the-board rule. Open water class. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, get your, I get your point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the more experienced classes, maybe, but what kind of instruction are you really giving? You know, if, it's, if yeah. you're taking them on a tour, that's one thing. But if you're actually instructing them to instruct six people underwater... It's difficult. In the pool, yes, you go one by one. You don't really got to worry in the pool. You know, pool's very, very controlled, very shallow. Most of the time you start Correct. in the stand-up thing. So anyway, nah, I didn't want to go too no, far I, off I'm that. But you. yeah, our 15, the days of 15 days students of 15 are gone. And the reality is, oh, we're down Well, to that 12. is the reality <laughs> of it, of, of, the, of then it was, hey, just go, no just go diving. You'll be fine. Whatever you feel safe with. <laughs> Open water training requirements have introduced a far less predictable student environment. We need more instructors, more underwater dives, and more safety divers for each and every open water dive trip. Such improvements may be difficult and even inconvenient, but they are not impossible. We must change if we are well, to survive. That's the law of life, isn't it? Well, yeah. So you, um, you have to change and well, adapt. And, and I think now nowadays with having you know additional eyes and in the water besides just that instructor trying to ramrod, you know, ramrod, ramrod, you know, 15 people through a certification to, to move on. You know, now we have the smaller numbers. We have the assistance in the water. In some, some agencies, in some classes, it's still 12 to one for open water instructors for at least one agency. I know unless that's changed and I'm not aware, but 
I'm not the, I'm not, my fingers are not on the pulse of the instructional community anymore. So I, I'm not sure. Well, but what is, what is a standard and what is done are often two different things. Depends on where you're at. And then also. People are going to get away with they, what they, they can get also, away with. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. And, and they, uh, and then also a lot of, a lot of the pressure and liability is put on the instructor because that standard is written in a way where they go, well, hey, we told you that well, you can always scale it down to your environment. Well, yeah. That's why you know the, the agency is in it for the money. They are willing to turn the blind eye on the instructor who, quote, unquote, I feel comfortable with 12 students. You feel comfortable with a fat-ass wallet is what you feel comfortable with because all it takes is one. One to panic, and you've just left 11 to 10 students down there by themselves. To panic. It, yeah. <laughs> and just yeah. do it in the limited viz areas that, like, we know that we dive. That It's so easy. It's so yeah, easy yeah. to have well, an issue. Thank God that scuba diving is extremely forgiving, especially in this day and age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, th- this is at the root of what what we talk about all the time. Sure, and that's why I, you know I, I teach a student completely different today to to scuba oh, yeah, dive yeah. compared to what I did in the the late nineties well, when I first became an you've instructor. You've had to come to Jesus in your <laughs> mind. You've matured, and you've seen you've seen. I have, there are real ramifications to to following those standards versus using my com- my own common sense being in the water. Bingo! Yeah. Anyway. Well, anyways, November. 1975. It's been a long year. It's been a long year. It's been a frightening year. It's been a year of of revolution in many ways. In the editorial of Skin Diver Magazine, good old Paul Zamoulis was able to tell us that the scuba ordinance has been repealed. Yay. There was much rejoicing. So by 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 Garnering the attention of the people, driving the spirit and the fight within the people, and getting the people to, to get out there and do that grassroots work of, of fighting the fight. We were able to combat the government and take the power back. And give it to some big corporations. <laughs> For the first time this year, the early light of dawn brought with it new hope for the sport of diving. Sounds like a Star Wars uh, intro. I was going to say, it sounds like the be- how the, the Star Spangled Banner was written. <laughs> for the first time this year, the early light of dawn brought with... <laughs> A okay. new hope for the sport of diving. I was just say, I was just saying, pick the, the the dawn's early light. On September 10th, Los Angeles divers awoke to happily find that the L.A. County Scuba Ordinance had been repealed effective immediately. <sighs> Cheers victory. from the people! Victory, victory for scuba victory divers! Victory for scuba divers! After bearing the intolerable burden of this law for many months, it seemed as though a heavy anchor had been cut loose from around their necks. Suddenly gone was the confusion and bitterness of diver recertification. Gone was the long list of discriminatory regulations which no other group of outdoor sportsmen had been forced to endure. 
the divers of Los Angeles County had been res- had been reinstated as first-class citizens, and the black cloud of gloom hanging over county waters had been lifted by the winds of new reform. (laughs) (laughs) Repeal of the L.A. scuba ordinance was brought about by a multitude of factors. A great deal of credit is due to the unceasing efforts of the National Scuba Advisory Committee. Basically, by old uh, John Hardy and uh, Ralph Shamlian were uh, the guys spearheading that one. Old uh, Hardy there. What happened to Harry Shanks? Harry Shanks was in there too. So, and the rest of those guys. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But specifically, John and Ralph. Their efforts were supported by still another factor. The tremendous public pressure caused by thousands of protest letters individually written by skin diver readers and other concerned divers, who later strung Seymour Grebin <laughs> up, up the, the flagpole up the flagpole by his <laughs> hairy shanks. <laughs> On July 4th, 1975, the struggle for repeal was not a picnic. It did not happen overnight, and it did not happen as the result of a few casual meetings. Hardy, Shamlian, and the L.A. dive shop spent many sleepless nights wrestling with the problem. Now, he says that it's... It is only fair to point out the equally difficult task of the Parks and Recreation Department. Trapped in a vortex of criticism and ridicule, department officials were saddled with the dilemma of attempting to administer an unworkable law while at the same time objectively listening to arguments for the repeal of that very same law. And to make matters worse, these same people were delegated with the responsibility of answering the divers' protest letters. The pressures were enormous. Even with all the evidence and arguments had been presented, debate still raged furiously and the Board of Supervisors hearings. The Department of Parks and Recreation had recommended partial repeal of the law while the National Scuba Advisory Committee was was requesting total repeal of the law. And, of course, they battled on and... In, uh, I wonder what backroom deal was made so that total repeal. I, I don't ever see the government going, yeah, we're going to do what the people want exactly. I thought they would just appease them. Well, after still more deliberation, the supervisors finally voted unanimously of course on they a did. partial repeal. Oh, I thought you said it was totally repealed. No, the the National Scuba Advisory Committee wanted total repeal. Right, I, I thought they Parks did. and Rec wanted. Partial, yeah. To repeal none of it, oh, and then they well, the they, settled they settled on this, on the partial. on a partial, right? Yeah, we're gonna tax you ninety percent. Yeah, no, we can only afford fifty. Okay, seventy five. Seventy it is. It is. Yeah, I was say. <laughs> exactly. What was out? You ask. Uh, what was out? <laughs> Close to three quarters of the requirements listed in the original ordinance have been dropped. The most important is the elimination of the scuba recertification testing and maintenance of a logbook. Also removed were all requirements which would have possibly been ruled unconstitutional or thought unenforceable. In fact, just about all the requirements to which the diving public had so vehemently objected have been 
have been removed. What is left? The remaining skeleton of Ordinance 11037 encompasses three areas. Charter boats are still required to carry and maintain all safety equipment listed in the original ordinance. This includes a recall system, oxygen, resuscitator, current line, float, etc. They retain the original standards for the training and certification of scuba instructors. This list of instructor requirements is similar to the one adopted by the National Scuba Training Council. Also kept were the original standards for basic diver training and certification. Criminal action is still possible against boat operators or scuba instructors who violate these requirements. Penalty can be six months in jail, a $500 fine, or both. To most people, repeal of this law means a happy ending to a horror story. Yet for the diving industry and instructor associations, it may mean the beginning of a never-ending battle for freedom. Lawmakers and government bureaucrats don't give up easily. Fortunately for Los Angeles, they were open-minded enough to see the wisdom of repeal. But who knows where the next crisis will erupt. For the time being, sleep well, you divers. Content with the knowledge that diving is once again a free sport. And there you have it. Boy, a three-part episode talking about the attempted government takeover of the sport of scuba diving right before our very eyes. <laughs> now, uh, good old Paul, rest in peace, you know, was uh, a big figure in diving for a long time. He passed away in uh, uh, 2003. But, yeah, he was a, a big-time, you know, author and publisher of Skin Divers, a photographer, one of, the, one of those early pioneers of of scuba diving so yeah um before you uh before you set that flag ablaze uh anything else you want to say about the about the uh (laughs) needed burning my scuba (laughs) my scuba diving flag my diver down uh, flag we're having a diver down burning flag as we close uh close out this little uh no, I mean it's a good story. It's a. Uh, it's been, it's been in the, fun. Yeah, well, in the sense of it, people remember this that they're happy to take away your fun and, and enjoyment if it means more money in their pockets. All right. Well, on that note, let's let's finally. <laughs> James, like I just got to get out of here. Finally, sign these logbooks and uh, and end the, and end this dive. By the way, you don't have to officially have this logbook stamped by a protective L.A. County <laughs> peace officer yeah. in charge of Parks and Rec diving protocols. Unless you're in L.A. Here we go. Can you hand me that? There you go. <laughs> okay. Dive safe or I will report you. <laughs> Under penalty of law, you will dive safely or we will arrest you and fine you. Thanks, everybody. Hopefully, uh, hopefully you enjoyed this uh, change of pace from us. Uh, and we'll, we'll see you next week. Dive safe, folks.
Bye. Bye.